Hello everybody, it's Friday night and it's weekender time once again. And this week's show I'm joined by Free, Warren and Justin as we take a dip into the week's gaming news that's caught our eye. On this week's show, we'll be taking a look at some spectacular diorama figures in 28mm from our Indie of the Week and catching up with what's going on in the world of Conquest and Ia. On top of all of that, one lucky subscriber to our YouTube channel will win a copy of the upcoming First Blood starter set from store.ontabletop.com. To be in with a chance to win this massive Conquest bundle, you just need to subscribe to the channel pop a comment below, and if you can like and share us around on social media, that helps us out an awful lot. Otherwise, sit back and relax, because your weekend starts here. Hello everybody, we are back again for another fun-filled weekend of all fun gaming news that you come to know and love. <gasps> and so many of us are back from holidays. Hello people. Yeah. Hello everybody! It's been Hello. so long. People yes. have been crying, crying into their, their breakfast cereal, milk or uh, drink of choice in the Friday evening slot, I suppose. Because we weren't here. Was it was it dismal and grey and so appalling and dull without us? I bet it was. It's okay everybody, we're back now. You can relax. Yeah. You can chill. We're back and we're not going anywhere for a little while. That's, so, that is very it's today true. anyway. Uh, so some things have been kicking off while we've been off and away and doing stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll start things off by bringing people up to speed with what's been going on in the world. <gasps> going on in the world. Uh, in particular, the world of IA or AE for conquest. I've no idea how it's pronounced. It's only yeah. two letters and one of them's got a, an umlaut over it. Um, but that's myself, so metal. It's very, <laughs> very metal. But myself and Constantinus have started doing little spotlight videos. Uh-huh. Uh, so the world of conquest, they've been expanding the um, lore and the backstory behind it. And if you're unaware, every fortnight they put out a new little article on the website. And to accompany us, myself and Constantinus sit down and talk about anything in and around that article without actually talking about the article itself um because there's no point in doing it twice Mm. Uh, but it's interesting because then you get to um well i get to vicariously on your behalf talk about things like the etas and and sagas of the nords and how things like the the last fire child impact their uh their thoughts and theories and how they live their lives or um we talk about the the history of uh what natal uh the mother oasis for the um wadrun and other bits and pieces so it's it's been fascinating having a a little sort of sit down chat with constantinus every so often uh and exploring what's going on around the various um stories that they they build and yeah. how this develops uh because they, they want it to be a very rich lived in world uh as people will see because today will be old faiths and new faiths which is kind of like if somebody in the hundred kingdoms had wrote a dissertation on how the triumvirate theocracy of the old dominion splintered and then became the various religions within the hundred kingdoms so it's like a little mini dissertation historical dissection of of how faith comes to sort of 
live and breathe within the the hundred kingdoms. Fascinating stuff. Really you see, this is immersion, right? Yeah. This is this is this is the key step in any hobby. You know, you 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 come to a hobby, you uh, look at the models and stuff like that, and you think, yeah, I like a look of that. I'll have a go with that. You pick up a few. You have a. You try your first game. You go, I really enjoyed the mechanics of that. But when it unlocks, is it the point of the narrative? When the narrative, whenever you start to immerse yourself into the narrative, because it's what carries you through boring days at work because <laughs> you can mull it over in your mind it influences your army lists it influences your play style it influences your color schemes and your painting it's it's key and jerry the fact that you are giving me the ky jelly approach mm. to getting into the the narrative of this where it's nice and easy and just slide right in very much so. i love that man thank you you're quite all right uh, if anybody wants to see more um obviously we pop the videos out uh, about the same time that they they go live with the lower spotlights uh, so you can see here even though i had a little chat about the Wadrun and their people and how they moved around. The story of the Mother Oasis is a, a completely different beast from what we talked about. So you'll find all sorts of things on the Parabellum website, uh, the spotlights, the introductions, and then the various sort of kingdoms within there. So there's a lot of additional lore already out and about. Uh, so if you're interested, check those out. Like I say, every, every fortnight, um, touch wood, because Constantine is about to have his first kid. Uh, so, so that may interrupt play, or, or we may have to do some interesting filming in and around those. Um, or yes. give them a new narrative line. Well, yeah, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Uh, apart from the fantastical, we also have a lot of the sci-fiical going on, uh, and the Dergama takeover for Infinity is into its final weekend. Uh, so there is still time if people are interested in playing a part in shaping the Infinity universe. Uh, you can still get involved there. You've got until Monday um, to finish off your games and get the, the various things uploaded. At the moment, for some unusual reason, uh, Yu Ching are not winning everything. Not, well, hey, I'm for not, a change. I'm not entirely certain how this has happened. Uh, they are there, mind you, so don't worry. Uh, uh, they're, they're doing quite well in Camelard Guard Post. Uh, but Hack Islam are going great Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's sort, of, it's sort of half hack, half uh, Yu Ching, but there's a lot going on in various factions. Obviously, with if you're in depth in Infinity already, um, you'll know that the guys in the various factions love their factions and have built up whole. Uh, I suppose the best way to put it is um, command structures where they will, they, people in charge of hack or Yu Ching will go, we can't win here. So we don't want you putting your result in here. That's pointless now. We need you to go and fight on this front where we have a chance of, of steering the storyline. So yeah. there's still plenty of time to get involved over the weekend. Or if uh, you're not already involved in Infinity, check out the uh, the campaign site anyway. Um, because it's it's all built into a narrative structure, and you can see the sort of uh, things that's been happening of as people have been fighting over Raven Eye and the uh, the control of the planet below as well. Yeah, and it's great to it's a it's a great place to browse around just some great battle reports. Oh yeah, okay. you know, and just and just see some wonderful armies, wonderful battle reports, great narrative. And if you register and sign up, you can go into the forums for each of the factions and just have a lot of crack. You can kind of do it half in character, half out of character, and it's just it's just a lot of fun mm. didn't, didn't we uh, do one of these where we actually had people like carrying out espionage and stuff 
Oh yeah, they, they, they were sneaking they, they, into other people's do. forums. That's yeah, yeah. fantastic. Well, there's, still, there's still a good chunk of that. Oh, yeah. You know, it's um, it, it's as it's as real world as you get, man. <laughs> you know, if you're going to do something, do it to excess. I learned hey. that from too much coffee, man. Overkill is underrated. Very much so. So that's uh, that's what has been going on while we've been AFK, so to speak. Uh, but now we're back and in the driving seat. So it's time for the most important part of the show. We're on. It's Sunday of the week! All these times I'm going to do that and I'm just going to split my headphone in half. <laughs> That's it what we're all looking loud. forward to. All it wasn't as loud to. today. It was just no, 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 I was, I was keeping it calm. I'm keeping it calm. I'm just going to pull it up. Yeah, yeah. We're all, we're all 100% on board for that. <laughs> yeah, you see, I've got I've got myself a, a list now, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to do my Freddy week. Uh, my Freddy oh, week. Okay, yeah, I'm yes. going to do my Pavarotti week. Nice. So I've got I've got a, a long list of the ones that uh, that uh, that I've got to do. Really I'm pretty nice. pretty excited by my Bruce Dickinson week. I think that'll be amazing. So no, you know, no if Tom I do this for myself, no Tom Jones. <laughs> what? No Tom Jones. That would be unusual. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> oh no! I'm not going to lie. Bad jokes for the win, <laughs> right? So, end of the week. Then, let's get back on track. Uh, in the past, I have found little indies where we're looking at gaming figures, we're looking at gaming figures, and then at the end, there's a little sort of addendum. I go, and they also do 54 mil dioramas or 54 nice. mil character pieces. Mm. Um. This indie approaches it in the opposite direction. They're all built as little diorama pieces, but they're 28 mil, or rather 156th scale, so close to 28 mil. Uh, They're true proportioned. They look like they've got the detail of these big 54 mil things, but if you're a gamer, you can also use them for gaming. Mm. Mm. So the indie is Oniari miniatures. I'm going to go with that is how you pronounce it, and nobody can tell me different. Oniria? Sure. Gonorrhea? Oniria? Oniria miniatures. Oh. So we're going to start off with people are aware of the um the the big hairy woodsman nodding meme. Yes. Okay. That's Robert Redford from this film. Um, where he was played a mountain man, um, Crow Killer, which is actually a true story, weirdly, although they changed his name for the film. Uh, mm-hmm. But but that's an example right off the bat of the sort of madness that we're going to be looking at. Um, these little vignette or set pieces, some of them fairly standard, typical sort of stuff, uh, but they do, they're, they're broke down into several different sections. So Seventh Art is, I think, one specific sculptor. There's some of these pieces you'll see in others. It also includes the only non 28 mil figure in there, which you will get into because it's gorgeous. Napoleonics, some 18th century, some Old West, World War II, and Colonial. Uh, and they're all stunning. Uh, so I'm going to kick things off with Seventh Art because I really like Seventh Art. And you'll see some of the stuff in here, which uh, you may recognize from awesome films throughout the era. So, for example, fans of The Wild Bunch uh, may recognize The Wild Bunch creeping around the place, including a... Uh, How is that a, possible? A, a Ernest Borgnine. You just clicked a, a magnifying glass and it got, it got smaller. smaller. <laughs> <laughs> because that, Warren, is how our industry works. Because <laughs> I'm awesome like that. How do you enter web thingy? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
but uh, a stunning set of of four figures, which you know, if anybody's interested in playing any sort of old west or wild west stuff, it's always good to have the wild bunch on hand. Uh, up to including the fact that you can even have Pike himself rocking the uh, water cooled machine gun. Which On is- the topic of Pike, mm. right? I did get a chance to watch Star Trek Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. which has Captain Pike. Yes. Okay. Love it. Massive fan of it. Loving that. Second series confirmed. Oh, yeah. However, my mum then told me if you like the actor who's playing Captain Pike, mm-hmm. he uh, also starred in a show called Hell on Wheels, yes. which is a Wild West show of the building of the railways um, throughout you know, America back in the, mm-hmm. the, the, the 1800s yeah, or, yeah. or whatever it was. So, um, if you, uh, I'm only just starting to get into it. I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing, but if you fancy a bit of wild West done in a pretty brutal way, um, it's modern, it's brutal. It's great. Yeah. Check out hell on wheels. So there's my wild West recommendation for today. Must have a little look. I really don't make me happy. Really like him. He's oh. a bit of a stunner. Uh, we will see some of these guys again but some of them we will not. So definitely have to do that. And I have to go right to the bottom for their non 28 mil because Rutger Hauer. Why would you not have that? Well, well, like tears in rain. The artists they've got doing the sculpting are absolutely stunning. That's incredible, isn't it? That's awesome. Obviously that's a bit bigger than your average bear, but when you compare that even to the likes of, you know, some general ripping through the tree. Oh, Oh, that is amazing. I really love the big hairy German. (laughs) I wonder why. We've all been there, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you not? I mean, he's a belter sham, as I believe they say in France. Uh You can almost hear the Zulu. For using these in-game especially, they've got such character to them. I personally would use them for diorama stuff, but the fact that you can make the Well, well, that's it. I mean, it's all set up as being there for dioramas, Mm -hmm. uh, but you can quite happily use them because they are 28 mil. You may find that they're a little bit taller and thinner than some, uh, simply because the miniatures themselves are 156 scales, so they're, they're realistically proportioned. Um, which means that they look a little taller than your standard 28 mil, but then they don't have hands and heads the size of massive boiled hams. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's always a winner, I find. Thus. Oh, check out that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey. That's oh. that. Some of these will be based on specific things. So she wore a yellow ribbon the uh, John Wayne film. They've got mm-hmm. the, the funeral of um, Trooper Smith from scene from the, the film as a, a set of figures as well. Like a, the Lakota one? For, oh, the Lakota wow. one looked beautiful, actually. All it was missing was, um, was it a Capitol Hill? <laughs> oh, let's not go down that road. The Apache Pass. Check Jesus. that out. Oh, that's a, oh, that is just beautiful. Look at that. 
definitely use that as a marker, the downhills. Mm. The Lakota. Oh. I love all the little details they have to yeah. to the like the damage on the flag. Yeah. Well this this is part and parcel of it. The fact that they've gone for these at um at this scale. So it puts them around about sort of twenty eight to thirty mil eye line, which isn't massive compared to a lot of the figures you get nowadays. Um so if you're looking for something to to sort of pop in there, you can quite happily do it. Um Poor old Custer. We'll have a look at him. Maybe one thing which I am happy to see, which is a bugbear on so many cavalry miniatures. They actually gonna, do the wings on the, the horse again. properly. Yep, it's a bugbear mm -hmm. of mine, and I'd like to see it being done right. I imagine bugbears <laughs> in cavalry there. Yeah, that's where my brain went. An actual bugbear. Too much fantasy for me. <laughs> Good old Custer. Oh, poor fella. And again any little figure but so much character very much so excellent choice this time Jerry. gorgeous horses they are stunning yeah well, some horses can come across looking a bit odd do you know what i mean yeah. sometimes they're a bit too chunky in the right areas but they're all gorgeous. yeah so these are metal miniatures these are in the main metal i think there may be a couple that have got um small resin pieces mm -hmm. but majority are, are metal across the board that's all nice. We all like that. It's very yeah. they died with their boots on, which is possibly one of my favorite Custer films ever. And then Sad Hill for the end of the good, the bad, and the ugly. That guy on the right could be Chuck Norris. Could that be. guy on the right is Clint Eastwood. But it could be Chuck Norris. <laughs> but it's Clint Eastwood. I like Clint Eastwood, but Chuck Norris. I'd say nothing. <laughs> anyway, um, wait for the comments I, I, to destroy me, isn't it? It's I just, just feel like the waves, my age. I feel the waves of disappointment flowing it's, from Jerry. It, it's, it's the age, it's the age thing. Uh, yeah, so yeah, often. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's go with the age. Um, World War II is a relatively svelte little section, uh, but you will recognize what's in there. We'll start with the most important of all. Uh, I'll show you where the Iron Crosses grow. Fantastic end of a film. And just a, a Look at beautiful that. little wow. vignette. And this set comes with the, the wall, so it is just a little diorama piece. But at the same time, if you want to have Lee Marvin leading your uh, your veteran Germans, then you can mm -hmm. have that. And it's just a, a gorgeous little set. Fantastic film as well. But there's also, uh, you recognize these guys. The uh, Yeah. Oh, stuff with the negative waves, man. Yep, but it's the best part when they go up and they realize they can't get into the bank, so they have to ask the tiger commander uh, if he'll help them. He'll split the split the loot and blow the doors of the bank in. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, Sutherland's good. Savalas mm, isn't, and Clint I wouldn't be my favorite sculpts, but the actor I don't know the German actor's name who played the tank commander, but that is spitting image of him. Yeah, but you can get them for the deal, but you can also get his little motley crew but again, the actual crew variant i mm -hmm. fit in the tank oh yeah uh, along <laughs> with I like along with all their nonsense as well so you get things like the massive megaphone and resin and the other bits yeah. and bobs to tack on to the sherman <laughs> so you can really <clears throat> you can really mix and match and up it yeah mm -hmm. oh, that's really love that's yeah. a better looking version of eastwood there actually yeah lurking on the back so I can say yeah. that, man. 
yeah. Uh, so that's our World War Two. Uh, where do we want to go? Napoleonics, please. Napoleonics. There we go. Warren's just got the grand marks running through his head. No, Napoleonics is one of the bigger ones, and in fact, you could probably run whole small-scale skirmish games like uh, Chosen Men with it. Yeah, uh, you've got things like uh, Austerlitz, but you've also got the full French Grenadiers. Wow! Oh, nerd. Nerd. Look, some Polish <laughs> Polish lancers. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, the old guard. Check that one out. Yeah. We'll start the the capture. Way back. So you see the old guard moving forward, including a uh, <gasps> sapper ready to open the front doors. Mm-hmm. I love the leg coming through the claw. I'm guessing that, that's the lovely, right lovely there. piece of sculpting. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need somebody to try and crack open the doors at uh, one of the farmhouses, that's a way to go. The capture is a stunning bit of kit. Mm, that's lovely. There's the 69th that's losing the king's colors at Quattro Bra. Scale. Again, you just don't a want really, to do that. Really mm-hmm. nice. Nice diorama piece, but again, I just love the idea of, you know, especially for like a, a skirmish game, if you're not going to be playing a full yeah. mass battle game, you know, how do you denote your hero? This guy carrying off the enemy's colors. Mm-hmm. There he goes. Good luck catching him, folks. Just going to make your opponent want to murder him all the more. Oh, yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> Without doubt. Take a look at some pulls. Those are nice. Napoleon's. Mm-hmm. Polish Imperial Lancers. I scrolled on a wee bit there, Jerry, to the related products. Is that Napoleon? No. No, no. I don't think they have a Napoleon. They've got a few other... Uh, yeah. A few other officers in the uh, staff. They are That's beautiful miniatures. Absolutely epic. beautiful. And epic I love the fact that they, 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 you know... Your starting point is a diorama. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I do I really do like that. I think it's great. It makes a an interesting change, the fact that somebody's gone in and, and went, you know what, we're gamers as well as painters. Mm. But wouldn't it be interesting if you could actually get the the pieces where a lot of the twenty eight mil gaming pieces, if you want to do a diorama, you have to spend a lot of time doing extensive work kit bashing and changing it. Yeah, actually get them into something more than standing at guard, presenting or firing, you know, which generally what you want for games. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of the, the intricate maneuver. Wow. Uh, but there's there's the fellow leading the old guard himself. God bless him. That's amazing. <laughs> I will pop into the Colonial Wars to sort of finish off. That's Obviously, true. there's a lot more to go, but uh, th- this is how I found them as is my want in life, as I go mm-hmm. searching for things. Do that. We'll do this. Uh, we'll chuck these ones out as well. So I've talked about this extensively in backstage with the, the XLBS in the past. The fellow at the back holding the standard mm-hmm. is a Sergeant Bernard McCabe. And he became oh. known as the Sabruan <laughs> Sergeant after recovering the colours from a rampart. Um, yeah, during the Indian. Do you want your descendants by any chance, or not descendants? I'm, I'm, um, I'm descendant. You're a descendant of him. Potentially, there'll be some familial collection somewhere. 
Yeah. But I've always looked for a nice 28 mil figure. Mm-hmm. I've got a massive, I've got a 54 mil figure, and actually no, 90 mil figure of him. But I finally found this 28 mil one. He's not listed as that's who he is, but that's who he is. That is who he is, yeah. Because they, every year on the anniversary of Sabrone, the color sergeant of the regiment gets to carry his colors into the officer's mess mm-hmm. uh, in tribute to to that actual little uh, advance. Yeah. Uh, Should have won a VC. Got screwed over. Mm-hmm. Should have won a VC at Lucknow, where he was part of the defense. Um, he died, and they didn't issue the VC posthumously at that stage. But the yeah. two other officers who he dragged along with him as part of the defense to run outside and spike the the guns multiple times. It's like any time they wheeled up a new cannon, he'd lead a little sortie party out and go and hammer them and then go back in. Uh, so the two people who accompanied him won Victoria Crosses, um, but he died on one of the last. Oh, but there's it, the, luck the levels of I got this kind of guarantees he's one of your ancestors, Jerry. <laughs> well, he was certainly a drunken Irishman. He, he could have gone, gone home, but he swapped regiments so he could stay on in India and punch people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, just gorgeous little vignettes once more, you know, and mm-hmm. you could do something with them. I certainly will because I've got blood and steel from Firelock. So I might do Indian Mutiny at some point, in mm-hmm. which case McCabe's going to be writ large across the Indian Mutiny. Yeah. In fact, he may be writ large across the Firelock expansion that concludes the Indian Mutiny because I was talking to the guys and I sent him a copy of his um, biography. Yeah. That was written by one of his officer friends. So if, if Captain Bernard McCabe makes it into blood and steel, that's all people are going to be seeing on the channel from now on. Absolutely. There's I do some, like the way they've laid this uh, out that each of the, the sculptors gets their credit with the oh, yeah. picture. Yeah. It's a nice touch. It's not something you see with a lot of companies. Yeah, oh, it's a very small, small group of people. And a lot of the um a lot of paint jobs come from the, the person who started it as well. Um mm. who I think is listed as Angel. Yeah, Angel. Uh so they've got their own little gallery in here as well for okay. his work as well as customers' work on their actual mm-hmm. bits and pieces in here. That's so nice. like say Relatively small. Um, you'll find more stuff in amongst some of them, like the Napoleonics or like the, the 18th century than other little sections. But always worth keeping an eye on that crow killer. Um, only popped up this week. And again, it's a, a lovely little Wild West figure. And of course, there's even uh, John Wayne in there. If you like uh, like John Wayne's films, he was a coward. Stick to Clint. Well, there you have it. Honoria Miniatures. Check it out. Honoriaminiatures.com or India of the Week. And I'm so glad to see Sergeant McCabe in there, Jerry. That's get in. Nice. Victory or death. Right. Shall we get on with the news? Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the news. <laughs> Okay, we're back with the news then, and we're going to be kicking it off with talk of another campaign. We're only finishing one campaign, and somebody else is starting one. It's constant campaign season this summer. Mm-hmm. This is this is massive catch-up after a couple of years of no campaigning at all. It's terrible, really. Uh, I, I mean, we know it'll all calm down in the wintertime when everybody beds down. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have thought so. but I don't think so either. This time round, uh, Goblin King Games is launching into a Moonstone campaign. For the fate of Eric. Eric, Eric, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric is a delightful little squire. 
he was one of the initial figures uh, from Moonstone. Uh, he came, he comes in the starter set Stop. currently. Um, and he runs around and he's a support character helping out people like Baron von Fancy Hat or um, Fritz, whoever else happens to be kicking around there. So he's not a great fighter, but he can sort of give people a little bit of a G up, give them a bit more energy to, to spend when they're playing. However, um, from this Monday, the 25th, until oh, almost September, I think it's two months it's running, you'll be able to play games and use Eric, regardless of what faction you currently are. Currently, he's Commonwealth, uh, but they've made up cards for the fate of Eric. Aww. So in this, Eric will be growing up, and you can play him as his current version from the Commonwealth, but there's also a Dominion and a La Chevalt version. Um, and when you play through the narrative campaign at the end of it, uh, he'll shift faction. So we'll have a Squire version of Eric. He'll be available as is, but there'll be a new Knight version. He's obviously been kicking around long enough. It's time for this boy to grow up. So wow. there's a narrative booklet that you can download. And uh, depending on who wins, uh, Eric could actually shift alignment altogether and we'll see a new up, updated, upgraded version of him, uh, kicking ass and taking names in Tauber uh, for all the Moonstone goodness. So has, has he been adopt-napped? Has he been a who, what, weren't? Mix of kidnapped and adopted. Adopt-napped. Sure. Uh, <laughs> if that's how you want to, that's how you want to spin it, you can definitely do it. Um, but interesting little little idea because it's so heavily narrative-driven. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they've actually gone, well, this character's been here long enough that maybe we'll push him along in the storyline and evolve it further. Um, so if you're playing, you can update the uh, fate of Eric through a variety of ways across social media, or if you're not into the socials, uh, like myself, you can actually just email Tom at Goblin King Games and go, Eric, Eric won in uh, the <laughs> La Chivalt best faction. Uh, but if you are, you can throw them onto Instagram, Facebook, or Discord with the fate of exactly. Eric. Um, and they've, they've included extra sort of bonus events. You can use your campaign deck if you picked up the campaign uh, from the Arising Kickstarter which is now at retail. So you can actually play it as part of the narrative campaign system there. And there's even a money off voucher on the card deck, uh, which lurks at the back of that PDF, which you can download for free. I think we've got it in here as well. Yeah, there we go. Fate of Eric at checkout, get you five pound discount. Uh, so yeah, I, interesting I really, stuff. I really love how they've taken Eric, a character that's been there, instead of creating a new character and a new campaign around someone yeah. new, it's seeing the growth of a particular mm. character and it really does get you involved with the lore, gets you involved with the campaign and the story that's going on around it. It's a really nice way to reuse characters. and Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan. <sighs> Eric's already fairly tasty as far as uh, the Commonwealth mm. goes. He does, he does his job well. Uh, being able to spam additional energy onto other players or other characters on your trip uh, means he's a fantastic support character. It'll be interesting to see what he becomes. What he's turning into, yeah. yeah. When when he, he passes puberty and gets a, a set of knightly armor of his own. Oh, no, exactly. he'll, he'll maybe finally be allowed to draw that sword and shield that he's been lugging about. Uh, <laughs> drop off the wooden one. Yeah, those aren't his. That's what uh, yeah, depending about. on where he goes, he might just say, no, that's, <laughs> that's true. You, know, you can do anything you want on your last day of work. <laughs> that's, that, is, that is true. <laughs> Dead man's orders go. So yeah, uh, Moonstone, the Fate of Eric starts this Monday. 
Free, where are we off to next? There's been some really awesome news if you're into your RBGs and the digital side. So there's a new team up and partnership between Roll20 and One Bookshelf, and they've got an incentive to level up. So they're helping to be the one-stop shop mm-hmm. for all play, all things digital roleplay. So they've joined forces and they're going to strive for a broad cross-platform library that brings in content from both sites. So they're going to work together seamlessly. So you're going to be guided from the very start of researching for a perfect RPG all the way up to finding a group. And they've noted that there is a roadmap in place that's going to improve the marketplace in total as a whole and expand into their own virtual tabletop platform. So they're going to combine and pull together all of their community and all of their content that they have already and promote game designers and showcase their titles past something conventional. So they're going to be housing character creations, the virtual tabletop, digital downloads, all in one stop to support the massive bank of titles that are combined across one bookshelf's libraries. Mm. So you then have the chance to go and flex them on their virtual tabletop platform. Uh, which is currently in development. So this is going to give GMs and different players the chance to upload, read, share, and play them immediately in PDF on their system, which is really cool. There's no more competition as such. There's no more people going to different platforms and separating the two. Don't have to split up your party. You can have it all in one place. You're going to plug in and play from start to finish getting your office assistant equivalent for RPG. Um, but it's Clippy. wonderful. Yeah, Clippy, back it, up. It looks like you're trying to build a party. <laughs> I know. That's what I imagine in my head. Hiya. Can I like some help? <laughs> it's really wonderful to see two systems just slot together so seamlessly. Yeah. And everything will talk to each other. And if you bought something on Drive Through RPG, you're going to be able to access it on Roll20. And it's just in really, really interesting for me to see the team up and the integration. And nothing but wonderful news for people that do role play online, um, because it has happened more since obviously coronavirus and lockdown, mm. and people are heading online for their RPGs. And it's great that we're getting a seamless tool to facilitate all of that. So really exciting news there. I wonder if yeah. they're going to have a, a party finder essentially, mm. because uh, weirdly I seen, seen it was like a meme somebody had posted, going, I, "I've always wanted to play D and D, but I've never found a group of people to play it mm-hmm. with me." What we need is Tinder, but for role-playing games, where you can just go in and go, I want to play this game. Is there anybody running this game in in my time zone with a free slot? Um, Because that's the hardest part for people to get into RPGs, is actually finding people to play with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If if they're doing everything else in one sort of mass Platform. platform, having some sort of grip finder or accessibility where you can throw out that you are a GM looking for players or your player looking for a GM would I think be kind of a no-brainer to add in Mm. if they don't already have it. Well, I mean, if a GM can set up like an open play session where they say there are this many slots at this time, here are the pre-gen characters, please sign up now. Yeah, I mean, they do something similar for what's that tabletopia and uh, mm-hmm. tabletop simulator you, you, yeah. you have hot seating type thing where you list that your game's on and how many spaces yeah. are available and people can jump in mm-hmm. obviously it's a bit different for rpgs that require a bit more time and yeah. investment yeah. into them but yeah, that's what i'm saying you would maybe do as a, a pre-setup thing where people lock themselves into a position and they get their 
character sheet and all their hmm. background information? Well, if they're going into a virtual tabletop platform, I presume they're only going that way. And as you said, it seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's very, very cool. It's such a cool that it's a proper one place to go and not worry about I'm playing into this and I can't access it on this platform. It's, yeah. um, it's, it's a nice out, collaboration. Because currently he uses Foundry. And his biggest issue is having to manually load every last thing in. So between maps, character sheets and stuff, Mm -hmm. he's constantly having to churn through that. So if this is something that's allowing you to pull in like pre-done stuff, you know, quality of life improvement. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed it's all good, but fantastic news and good to see where it's going. Mm -hmm. Oh, where are we off to next, Jerry? Back to E-I-E, <laughs> however that world is pronounced. Mentioned it earlier. Uh, Parabellum's Conquest First Blood is getting its second edition. Uh, very specifically, 2.0, um, <coughs> as opposed to the last little tweak, 1.5, which was a sort of a, a, a clean up and a dust off. 2.0 is um, not a massive reworking but certainly a uh, substantial reworking of the system. So for people unaware of Conquest First Blood, uh, it's the skirmish game that runs alongside Last Argument of Kings. Uh, They both use the same models. They have a very similar structure within the game itself, I suppose is the best way to put it. And up until now, the First Blood skirmish was a very fast-paced, cut-down version of Last Argument of Kings. the 2.0 rules change this slightly. They lean into the fact it is a skirmish game more. So you have characters and officers within your, your warband and they have specific keywords that change how regiments within your skirmish warband will play out, uh, either unlocking extra abilities or changing um, how they actually work on the tabletop. It also allows you to do things like building pike and shot blocks so you can have bowmen behind shields or you can have uh long-range weapons sort of um intermixed with shield carrying pavias type hundred kingdoms dudes yeah um, so <laughs> it becomes more fluid and more interesting in how you construct your warband uh as part and parcel of this there's a new two-player starter set coming which if people are paying attention you can win one from store.tabletop.com buy merch um <laughs> this this will contain the two newest factions twoest twoest newest factions the wadrun and old dominion plastic so it's um it's a set of 50 plastic miniatures so 25 per side i say plastic the uh wadrun predator is resin although the uh hero for the old dominion is actually hard plastic um all the bits and pieces you need card wise to use them in both First Blood, and uh, if you decide to push up to Last Argument of Kings. Uh, also, rather pleasingly, it contains two of the rule books. And uh, normally, when you get a starter set, you get one and you have to share Yay. it with your friend. This one goes, No, there's two of you playing this game. You both get a, a starter book. That's a nice touch. Weirdly, something that you just kind of take advantage of, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we know yeah. you say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's... It's one of those, one of those things. Um, if you're interested, you can already download the full rule book from uh, Parabellum's website. The book will be available in that starter set in August, and then they'll have the physical book available in September, if, like me, you don't like scrolling through things. But as you can see, uh, no expense 
spared when it comes to actually putting it together. And it's it's an interesting iteration of the system. It still plays as you will have played it before. Uh, so you've got the same sort of command structure. You've got the same deck building for your actual um, deployment and movers maneuvers in game. Uh, so you know who will activate when, but then they have this new um, character and officer sort of layer in there to actually make it worthwhile. It is a retinue for a character. It's not just a hero running around with a bunch of random skirmishy fellows. Uh, so it's nice to see. Um, so yeah, fascinating to see where they go from here. Obviously, as part of the living world, uh, you'll see more and more stuff coming through, but it's a, a nice gateway because you can start with uh, First Blood and then work your way up to The Last Argument of Kings. You can even use yeah. Path of Conquest uh, to see exactly how to do that. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting this on the tabletop uh, and giving it a, a burnout to see what way it sort of plays out. Uh, they've even included a little um, Path of Conquest leaflet with it as well. So once you're finished with First Blood and looking to advance into the mass battle game, it sort of points you in the right direction of what you have and, and where you can go next and how you can build on your forces. So yeah, it's uh, fascinating stuff from the guys over at Parabellum. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go next as well. Sticking with conquests, Ooh. but this time going to historical conquests. <laughs> We've already touched uh, briefly on the Napoleonic Wars this week, uh, but Warlord Games have got a big release of very, very small people uh, with more of their epic um, Waterloo for Black Powder. So this time around, it's all the cavalry that's fit to print, and there's a lot of cavalry going on. Uh, So there are Chasseur et Cheval, there's... uh, Imperial Guard, there's Lancers, Polish again. You've got your light cav and heavy and medium dragoons. There's a whole wealth of stuff. If you fancy taking nay and charging straight down the barrel of the British lines at Waterloo, uh, mm. possibly you shouldn't do that. It didn't work out well for nay. No, it didn't work out well for nay, no. <laughs> uh, but it's a, a terrific set of figures that are obviously pretty much a, a requirement for anybody playing Napoleonics is you want one of those uh, those three sort of uh, pieces of your, of your force, your artillery, your cavalry, and your infantry. And this brings the or cavalry on in spades. Uh, there are some artillery as well available because you can get these as one massive pack, uh, which also includes <laughs> a bonus regiment along with your guns. And it's really nice to see what Warlord have been putting out there for the, the mm-hmm. 10 mil epic Napoleonics because they have such a wealth of detail. Look, little holes between the rear. Oh, no, no, they don't have holes between the yeah, rear. It's yeah. just thanks, oh, thanks, oh, you're going to have to drill them all out. They, they, they were so small. One. They were so small, I didn't notice, but now Every I've seen it and now I will never unsee it. Out. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% am on board with this. Uh, but yeah, so. There are, uh, I think, six different regiments uh, available. And then there's also the artillery six-pounders. Uh, so you can pick all of the units up individually if you're looking to build a specific order of battle for a specific uh, conflict within the 100 days. Uh, then you can do that, or you can get them all lumped together in one gorgeous big block uh, with that bonus regiment as well. Like There's the Polish again. Hello, Polish. Oh, I think we've only ever played one Napoleonic game at OTT. Right. And it was you and me, Warren, but it, it didn't have any minis. It was all tokens, wasn't it? 
Qualifier. La Qualifier. Qualifier. It's quite nice. Little setup. I absolutely love these. I'd love to get a big game of um, black powder on on the tabletop in 10 mil because it looks absolutely spanking. Although currently I've started to drift off to uh, Warwick and Raids. Got a, a new game called Soldiers of Napoleon, which is, is interesting. And I'm, I'm toying with that for 10 mil as well. So who knows what way I'll land. The nice thing is once you've got the stuff, it works for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Just need to make sure you uh, base them up in an appropriate way that it will work across the board. But there's the Guard Cavalry bundle. So if you two want to uh, try and break through the British and uh, Allied lines as part of the, the Seventh Coalition. It's a great you, set. You it really is, yeah. The Empress Dragoons there at the top is your little free set if you get the bundle. Look at them, filth. Sharp wouldn't like any of them. They'd all get the butt of his rifle. Just saying. It's just how it, just how it works. Everybody gets the butt of Sharp's rifle. But if you're after some uh, 10 mil cavalry, then, uh, yeah, Warlord have got you covered with this extensive set. Free. Love it. Tell me more about Weird Summer Nights. Oh, so there's a couple of painting competitions throughout the year that come from Weird Games, and they're always a hope. And they'll supply a theme, and whether it be for spring, for example, they've got flowers and showers or something extra spooky for Halloween. And their summer competition that's live at the moment is a really interesting topic, and it's going to get painters putting concentration faces. What do your concentration faces look like? Oh, mine looks like it. Something really, really small. Kind of yeah. constipated. Brian, Brian, you're, you're, it kind of looks like you're going for a gurning competition. Just screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> But um, this year, so we've got City Nights. Uh, players are going to be aiming to up their challenge by incorporating object source lighting. So this means focusing on how the light source is going to be affecting the model, the stance, and the position. So filling out the light, filling out the shadows to create a further atmosphere. So you could have your model by a fire. You could have it by twinkling candlelight underneath the moonlight amongst the forest. If light comes into play, you are on to a winner. So there are two different categories for you to get involved in. So if you want to just paint up one model, you can indeed, but if you are considered an overachiever and do paint your models up to a professional standard, there is a separate category for as well for a bit extra. Everybody's got, um, there's loads of, within the categories, that there is a chance to win several different prizes, which will receive cash monies for the weird store. Absolutely worth it. Great considering that the nightmare boxes have just been released. We've got the Gen Con sale coming up, the Black Friday sale coming up. It's a really good way for me personally, living in the UK, with it being in the US, I do find these sales incredibly tempting, but I do end up being sad because of the shipping. So if you do put in for one of these, there is no problem. You can probably get hold of it. So I really love the idea of this competition because it's a great thing to get stuck into the summer. It's not just add this into it or add an animal. It's really exploring a painter's imagination, honing in on a skill, learning something. And it might be a good excuse to try it out. You might not have tried working on painting with objects or slightly or you you might be really really amazing in it and you might really want to win something so it's a great excuse to get creative so you've got until august the 18th to submit your uh, entry and you've got to head over to the weed forum which jerry just showed you and following in their instructions i was hoping that some eager beaver had already got one in there to say but no not yet not yet weirdly enough i was talking about this very subject um, 
Tuesday past in, the, in their hobby hangout. Uh-huh. Not about weird, but about Moonstone. Yeah. Moonst- all Moonstone games are set at night because mm. Moonstones only come out when the moon is up and then they vanish in daylight. But we, and by we, I mean anybody I've seen pretty much who paints up Moonstone, they always paint them up like you would paint up any other model. Fully right. wet. Like they're in the day. Like mm-hmm. they're in the day. And, was, and I actually said at the time, because I'd seen uh, Irish Steve, Genuine Vision on Twitch, had painted up a uh, goblin fire spitter uh-huh. that was only lit by the candles on his hat and, and that sort of thing. I'm thinking, wouldn't it be amazing to see a Moonstone board lit up Moonstone. And all of the figures painted in that OSL Moon style, and, yeah. yeah, source lighting, as, as mm-hmm. if they are playing at night. So it's interesting that um, that this comes along at the same sort of time that I was having that little muse to myself. So it'd be fascinating to see what people do because when you put restrictions in a painting competition like this, you see some really interesting things coming to yeah. the fore. Uh, just as people try to set them up, because some of the models will look like they should be let there's obviously weird do a lot of really extravagant almost steampunk oh yeah so you you can imagine all the flames and and unusual cyberpunk i can imagine is gonna be a thing but then there's also models that look very standard that they don't look out of you know out of left field they look Mm -hmm. very human-esque standing there not much going on and it'll be those if any of them are being used as to how people have decided to light them and what they do with them. So yeah. always good for inspiration, painting competition. Yeah, I, I, it was really, it was a really creative competition. And as, as Jerry's saying, there's such a diverse set of models when it comes to Manifold as well. You really do have something. You could use the uh, cyberpunk uh, nightmare box that they used a couple of years ago. That one's going to, I imagine that one will have a turn up. But it's a lot of fun. And as I said, if you've not tried using... Uh, the skill before it might be a good chance to just get involved in good with something yeah. anyway so there's a Lucas what? McCabe model in that as well there there's a lot of McCabe, McCabe models about yes McCabe there, there, there should be more <laughs> just saying anyway finishing things <laughs> off this week bit of 40k <laughs> news yeah yeah so Games Workshop have began to turn their attention to the darker side of the Imperium uh, with some new chaos cultists so uh, anybody who likes their chaos of course you know, there's cultists in the background, you know, humans who have, you know, unfortunately turned from the light of the emperor and just went, yes, but here is a darker, shinier god that I like. And by the way, we get to wear spikes. So, you know, that's always fun. Heroes, <laughs> uh, the heroes so- of the universe. <laughs> really wow. against the oppressive Imperium regime. Well, yeah, maybe. We'll see. Jerry's views, world views are, you know, his views. And so... They're his. I'd, uh, I'd but, much rather so, be aligned with chaos than the Imperium. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so we're always pick this. the goodies, Jerry. Always, always pick, pick the goodies. goodies. Yeah, <laughs> so we're seeing a new set of chaos cults coming out, and we are also seeing a another set. Uh, if I could remember the name, the Dark the, Commune. Yes, the Dark Commune. So my guess uh, is these king. are more of your your leader characters for your your chaos that, cult. That is People the are going. Yes, no. that's what I'm for free. That's, that's I'm glad the I'm not no. it's, it's nice that uh, Sauron has handed over some of his people to help out no. in, in our future. Well, it's if you need someone to lead your, your chaos cults in there, you know, they're totally legitimate evening masses. I would assume these are the, the folks who are going to be doing that for you. Uh, one bit of sad news, you cannot build a completely chaos cultist force yet. Uh, so unfortunately, you cannot have more of your cultists than your chaos marines in your forces. So 
a uh, bit of sadness for some folks out there. Uh, we're also seeing the return of some uh, older sculpts as well. So we've got our Warpsmith here. And, you know, I, I love this model just because of all the, the mecha dendrites and stuff. It's just, you know, Tech Marine on acid. This is fine. <laughs> you know, I approve this message. Uh, but as well as that, uh, what are we also seeing? Uh, we've also got the, the the Chosen are coming back to the fore as well. So hopefully we're going to be seeing some more stuff coming out of them and maybe some new rules for them. And of course, anyone who likes their, their big, heavy beasties uh, for Chaos, uh, it's one of those things. You're going to want to run some of the uh, obliterators and the big spider thing. I think, did it ever come out as a... The big spider thing, that the technical term for that one, Justin? No, yeah. no, I just forgot the name. All right, oh, okay. Name, so, uh, yeah, it just it didn't sound Latin enough to me. No! Really. <laughs> <laughs> biggest spiderest thing. Biggest spiderest thing. Biggest spideraticus thing. These but, ones, the the Spac Marines, uh, yeah, the Blood Reader, and like, they've all... Um, they've all been seen before. The, but they were only available in like army box set or starter uh, set, wasn't it? I yeah, I think a lot of them were just like army sets, so they didn't really have their own boxes. So yeah. being able to grab these on their own now will be quite nice. And again, there's there's just so much you can do with chaos if you want to sit down and do some extra conversions and stuff to it. If I had that many arms, yes, I would not be holding that with my arm. Oh yeah, oh you definitely. You wouldn't, would you? Get, get one of the lazy arms to hold it so mm -hmm. you can like pick your nose and stuff obviously it requires you to paint up a form of assassin i'm trying to think what should be best probably have a sore like peter parker <laughs> i just love to see one in full spider spider togs yeah being attacked by uh, doc ock here i'm sure someone has done that somewhere but no, it's, it's, yeah. it's nice to see that the obliterators are going to be making their way back to the tabletop because they That's were one of my sound. favorite miniatures from way back when just because they had so many options on the tabletop, just you know, morphing and trading out weapons. Oh yeah, it was it was all the heavy weapons that were fit to print all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like, oh, there's a tank there. Well, I have a last cannon. Oh, there's infantry there. Well, I have a heavy bolter. Well, filth. Great news for all the chaos players, sort of. Yeah. Uh, you'll all get a big spider thing, <gasps> right? I believe we have got a couple of kickstarters. We do indeed. What uh, are they this week? So we have two Kickstarters to look at. And first up is going to be Snap Ships Tactics, uh, which is an interesting looking little fellow. <laughs> well, you'll see why. Uh, it's very much almost Lego-esque in the right. way it's been put together. Uh, because when you get your ships and the ships literally build together into different configurations, um, so it's a modular, customizable sort of ship. <laughs> As you can see here, bump, bump, bump. Oh. Build your ship whatever oh. way you feel is best for your game. Oh. Like mm, yeah, it's an interesting looking fellow. Are they all magnetized or something? Or how do they, how do yeah. they actually go together? Are they, they like little Lego blocks? Snap fit, um, uh -huh. as far as I'm aware. Oh. Although if, if you're planning on pulling apart and plunking back together again, Possibly it may not be a bad idea to magnetize them in the long run, because mm -hmm. at some point you will probably snap things off. Um, but you can make a, a load of different sort of layouts and designs for your your ships when you're playing. Uh, and the game itself has a, a solo rule system, so it's a one-plus player count, um, allowing you to sort of build up your fleet and uh, or 
fighters and go after uh, your enemy or you can play cooperatively with uh, a friend or play versus modes as well um so some stunkingly interesting game design based around the fact that you have no fixed ships essentially you're you're building your modules the way you want to build them Um, i'm wondering as you're playing do you actually you know as you're playing take components off the opposing ship to show that it's taking damage I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't like Aww. to start ripping bits off the ship in the middle of a game. Uh, it would be very, Aww. very peculiar. Uh, but as you can see, the uh, components themselves are relatively big and chunky because you're you're playing this sort of starfighter feel across the uh, the tabletop. But here we can see this being built up, hopefully. Assuming that works. Work. Tiny machine. Work. No. Well, you know what? It's killing me, Jerry. Oh, apparently, <laughs> Kickstarter's no. kill itself. Oh, no, there we go. oh, there you go. It was just wow. I was having a long think. So here you can see it is a a snap fit system. Yeah, and you can just go ahead and start plugging and playing whatever. That's awesome. You do like the the sizing on the components? They look as if they're chunky enough to just not be completely fiddly. Yeah, uh, it's it's a wreck of a ship. It has to be said. Um, I'm not sure what sort of scale it would be if you were to stick it on a tabletop. I'm thinking it probably weighs in around about 20 mil. Uh, so probably a little bit small for you to stick on a gaming table as an accessory piece. Um, but that wouldn't stop me from doing it and things like Stargrave as well. Mm-hmm. I just really like the uh, the concept of the, the modularity of the ship itself and uh, how you, you sort of get it in there. So as you can see, scale-wise... They're looking at what ninety mil base, so relatively big, big piece. Yeah, of about kit ten there. centimeters the, the ship. My hot tip for Stargrave players at the moment, Jerry, mm-hmm. um, that new Lightyear movie. Yes, load of load of spaceship toys out with that. Uh, that I imagine will gradually make them way into their way into the bargain bins. Uh, so, from what I've heard, it may not be that gradual. So, well, like scale, a landing off a cliff. Yep. Uh, I have no opinion on the movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I do like the spaceships that I'm seeing. So I will be keeping an eye out for those to to head to the bargain bins in the, our local toy shops. So, but, uh, but yeah, as you can see with uh, Snapships, the the game itself expands, so you can play massive. I would say squadron rather than fleet or yeah. cooperative battles against each other. Uh, but it's it's an interesting concept that you play devil's advocate just a little yeah, bit yeah but it's not really devil's advocate because i actually genuinely feel this way <laughs> i find that pain in the arse enough setting up a board game um uh, <coughs> or a game to play uh, without having to actually sit and build the ship from all these little tiny blocks the building is one of the, my favorite parts of the hobby mm. so this is right up my alley when if this reminds me of the group now, I love Kingdom Hearts. I absolutely love Kingdom Hearts. And there's a particular bit in Kingdom Hearts where you have to build your ship. It is very much this. You build it with the particular individual places. This is what you do. So about that. And I love the idea of that. Um it is really horses for courses, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Well well, I, I I'll throw it out there to to broach both of your, your ideas. Obviously, you say you like building stuff, Justin, but generally when you build it, you build it once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, in this case, you may be building that differently every time you play. So I am quite it, happy it with that. Be. But then the alternative, <laughs> uh, Warren, when you're saying you don't like building thing, is if you wanted to have 
the range of ships and the amount of diversity within your fleet, you would have to buy multiple multiple ships if you weren't able to customize like this. So you, mm. it's it's one of those it apart from being part of the the gameplay itself where you actually get the chance to design and and play with it um you also then have an access to a lot more ships and configurations than budget would normally allow a lot of people i suppose is a way yeah. of looking at it. So, that old like gaming arms race you're not having to buy new miniatures you're just refactoring what you already have or maybe grabbing an upgrade Gary, would you scroll up to the top there for me yeah um, just uh, just out of curiosity, it certainly is a very very interesting concept. Um, and they uh, so the initial pledge was sixty five thousand dollars. Yes. Yeah, do you know what? That, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. I just I look at it and then I think to myself, there's a fair chunk of manufacturing. There um, is, yeah. Not um, intricacy in this, you know, it's like it's um, it's not just sculpting a ship and then getting the mold cut for a ship and then yeah. you know injection molding your ship. There's a lot of components there, and if those p- components are also going to come pre-colored like that, hmm. you know, I just uh, I just want to see had they done their sums on this one, you know, or is it? Um, well, if you look at the the main core components for both are the the cubes, which are the same but just different colors, so it's the same mold. But it's only then the accessories to change it yeah. between the the saber and the the scarab. Is it the saber? Yeah, saber and scarab. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's it's not yeah, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. And obviously, they've been unlocking stuff she as they've been merrily firing through as well. So there's some exclusive bits and pieces for the Kickstarter itself, mm-hmm. um, but then other sort of expansions beyond it. If people are interested, oh. they can give this a test uh, via the medium of uh, Tabletop Simulator, I believe. So you, can, you can get on there and see how the game actually plays out uh, mm-hmm. and have a wee look at it. The interesting thing for me would be the the solo mode yeah. of the AI, because when you're playing a game like this, especially if you're playing with a low model count, sometimes the AI is the most important part because you don't want it just going hell for leather at you and then mm. being shot down on the very first exchange of fire. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the AI cards actually account for that and how they play against you. Mm-hmm. Because that's uh, it's one thing to, to play a tabletop miniature game solo because they're relatively simple if it's sort of historic or infantry. You know archers are going to shoot, you know cavalry are going to charge, yeah. you know infantry are going to hold. But with something as dynamic as a dogfighting sort of ship game, mm. uh, it'll be fascinating to see how that sort of plays out. Mm. But as you can see, there's um, plenty in there to get people Yay. interested and uh, intrigued uh, with the snap ships. And I'll be I'll be interested to see where they go uh, from here because this is mm. this is one that could definitely it could be like a an X wing type of thing where it's should be accessible enough to some people to that it could bridge that gap um, and also has the the build side that you would get with a hobby without oh, having yeah. to do the painting. So yeah. X, X-Wing was straight out of the box. This has a bit more engagement with people, especially uh, younger players who are just getting into it where they get a chance to, what what way do you want to build? Just give the stuff to the kid and go build a ship. See what they make out of it without having to worry about the in-depth min-maxing or, or tailoring it. Whereas for 
more engaged or older players, then you do have that side where you go, well, mm-hmm. I really want uh, a couple of banks of rockets on here and new armor up front because I intend on just blitzing in a way. So, yeah. It's very cool. I, I am seeing one interesting thing looking further down the page here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually doing live streams on Twitch, mm-hmm. so showing you things like 1v1 games, history Q&As, you know, building ship chats. Yeah. So there, there is a, a good resource of like background and stuff here that people can dive into. Yeah. Fantastic. If people are interested, uh, it's obviously massively funded and there are six it's days left on uh, snap ships. <laughs> so if you uh, fancy taking to the skies with a bit of uh, cubism, then that's definitely a way to go. Happy days. Right, what's next, Jerry? We have one last Kickstarter for this week, and it is going full historic uh, with the Sundered Union. Grognard mode engaged! You're welcome. Um, And I didn't even pick this one. Ben picked this for me. Hey! So this is uh, Studio Historia, um, which actually started off as... uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of his name. I want to say it's Georgius. Giorgio? Anyway, Greek gentleman who started um, printing some historical miniatures that we'd seen before from um, Caballero, I think, the the Reconquista. But they've started since then bridging in uh, sort of merchant-level printing for other companies and have started developing their own ranges. So they've got the Civil War here, but they also have some really nice uh, Greek bits and pieces as well for uh, World War II and, and it's uh, interesting to see how they're sort of going on and producing their own sort of line of figures as well. So these are um, 3D printed. And in this case, they're attempting to uh, put together the bits and pieces you would need if you want to do the Army of the Potomac. Uh, so you should be able to get both the STL files, which means you can print in any scale you want, but also they will print physical versions for you uh, to high quality. And as you've seen in there already, the uh, the quality of the figures is excellent. Yeah. Um, the most annoying thing for me is the speed at which he paints these because <laughs> he's, he's in a couple of Facebook groups that I'm in and he's literally knocking stuff out to this quality every couple of days and it grits on my nerves. Because <laughs> in that time, I haven't even managed to prime something. So, um, damn you to hell and all your talent. Yeah, very much so. Um, but for this, because it's fairly easy to get a lot of the uh, the figures for American Civil Wars, it is. Uh, there's an awful lot of focus in this on the characters within it. Uh, so taking a look at specific generals and characters from the Army of the Potomac rather than um, worrying about the massive troops, uh, which means you get people like old Golden Hair himself, Custer. Second show on the show Good today. old Custer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doing well at that point. Yeah. Well, a couple of years down the line, but you know. Um, but also people like General Hancock and Chamberlain uh, Rice as well. Are available uh so there's a whole wealth of figures in here there's the iron brigade mm, really nice figures interesting hats on them as well that's how you can tell they're the iron brigade anyway uh but it means you can uh you can even download a little sample as well by we transfer there if you're interested mm-hmm. having a look at, at what's well, available for them is really yeah which is uh it's always nice to see especially from people doing 3d print you can say they've been printing stuff out for people to to pick up for a while now so it's yeah uh, 
it's tried and tested and I, I don't think I've seen any complaints from anybody at any stage from what they've done. Uh, so for gatehouse is quite nice. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the whole kit and caboodle has been chugging along rightly for a couple of days already. And there's the Irish Brigade commander, Patrick Kelly, not to be confused with the actor, Patrick Kelly, who's very different. Um, but it, they've been unlocking stretch goals like they're going out of fashion, uh, which shows that there's obviously a, a great amount of people looking for the esoteric parts. You know, you can get yeah. plenty of infantry around, but I've seen people going, what about this commander? What about this officer from this regiment uh, who may have only spent you know, a very short amount of time in a very particular little engagement, but being able to go in and get them via the medium of uh, like a 3D print uh, or picking them up from a, a Kickstarter like this is an excellent way to do it because I think that's where it really stands out. The fact that they've gone in and done the, the legwork on the the historical side to get these. Because if anybody wants to see how annoying it is, just start Googling some officers from engagements and you'll see that like nobody does or one company in Western Australia will do a 25 mil version and not 28 mil and you'll be really annoyed. Uh, so the suaves, marching poses. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it, it's a, a great way of, of getting the Army of the Potomac. And I imagine with this, once it's under their belt, they'll probably come back and do the Confederate side as well. Um, because it would be a shame if they only focused on one one yeah. side of the conflict. It would be great to be able to go across. There's a lot of unlockables on the campaign as well. <laughs> Scratch goals and social. Yeah. 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 And I imagine they'll hit the majority of these uh, throughout the campaign because um, the, the work they've done is is fairly nailed on, it has to be said. Um, and they're not among massively egregious. The 250 or 150 shares on socials to get certain things. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're relatively Not achievable. Not ask, yeah. Yeah, uh, especially when you see the amount of people who are sort of backing them. There's Harriet Tubman as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting interesting first sort of run from uh, Studio Historia. Amazing, yeah. And, and one I have to say I wasn't expecting, considering how much he's done in the way of Reconquista and World War II and, and focusing on the, the sort of the Greek side of things. So sort of left-fielded with this. Um, but they're uh, amazing figures and uh, should do very, very well. There we are. Then. Georgius. The and the McCoys, but well. Well, yeah, nobody wants the, the fighting and feuders kicking off there. Uh, but if you're interested, there are 16 days left for the uh, Sundered Union, and you too can uh, feel the Army of the Potomac and uh, try and stop those damn Rebs from taking the North. That. <laughs> our kickstarters for this week fantastic mm. well fun. if people want to join us jerry they can come on over sunday sunday yeah join the cult of games where we've got yeah. the xlps where we're going to be uh delving in and out of some cool hobby stuff mm. and um yeah i'm trying to get my stuff together to to show you some i've been a bit laid up with a bad leg so i've been working on some kind of Alternative stuff inspired by my brother Lloyd. Alternative art, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I can't wait to I can't wait to bore you with it. <laughs> there you go. If if that isn't reason enough to join us on Sunday, I don't know what is. Um we'll see you over on tabletop then. Or if not then, we will see you back here next Friday. Don't forget to get your comments in below if you want a chance of winning that first blood starter set.
Until then, bye-bye.